Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Oh, it's predetermined. A lifespan shakes the hands of skeletons and newborns. All I know is someone has to, someone has to die to make room for you and I. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today to talk about Avengers Infinity War, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. We also have Bill Graham. Woo! And joining us again, we have Jamie Smith. Hello. How are you doing today? I am recovering from heartbreak. Okay. <laughs> movie related, or do you have some like yeah. personal stuff you need to get away? <laughs> movie related. All right. Yeah. We never shy from like talking really deeply and personally on this podcast, so you never know. <laughs> One of these no, days, no. Michael Snydell is going to come on here and just be like, "Well, I tried to kill myself last night." Oh <laughs> uh, no, no! Just you know, Avengers related heartbreak. Yes. According to Twitter, there should be a brand new thing like PTSD, but it'll be like PASD, Post Avengers Stress Disorder. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're talking about Avengers: Infinity War, movie that, and is... you'll get it right past it. Then I feel like that's a bad acronym because you can just be like, past. "Oh, I guess it wasn't that difficult." <laughs> oh my god, dear lord. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about Avengers: <laughs> Infinity War, a movie ten years and and uh, didn't look up how many movies in the making. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so that's that's the plan. Uh, usual stuff: Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook the Film Stage Show, uh, podcast to filmstage dot com with your longer thoughts, or you can give to our Patreon, Patreon dot com slash the Film Stage Show. One dollar an episode gets you access to our Slack channel where we are talking about awesome stuff all the time and you can speak directly to Bill and Michael and I. And um, we basically have like a message board at this point. It's kind of great. It's a, it is constant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember the nineties when message boards were a thing? Uh, Barely. Yes. (laughs) I remember spending some time on the IMDb message boards back in the day. I guess that's a logical starting place for anyone who decides mm. that they should write and or talk about movies semi-professionally. Um, I, I avoided that place. Like, <laughs> like the, I understand so much about you now, Brian. <laughs> that's always terrifying when you say that. Um, yesterday you accused me of living your life, and I pointed out that I might be you two years in the future. T- two years? Jesus. <laughs> yep, get ready. You're going to have a kid any day now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like how I said that and your immediate response is, oh no. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day they release a new film and you have 30 days to watch. Uh, During that time, you can download it to go on your mobile device. You can watch it on your smart TV, your PC, your laptop, or your, you know, mobile device. And um, it's really great. I, uh, I I went on a streaming service yesterday to watch a movie and ended up just watching Justified for three hours, uh, as has been nice. happening. Yeah. Um, Justified's a great show. But if I had gone to movie, I would have had a set amount of movies that I could choose from. Not the usual stuff. Wouldn't be watching 
Storks for the seventh time, which, once again, plug for Storks. Great movie. But maybe I should expand my horizons by going on movie and watching some of the best independent world cinema that's available. Uh, if you would like a free 30-day trial, go to movie, dot com slash filmstage, and uh, we can hook you up with that. So again, that is com slash filmstage. What do you think they're going to have a Marvel retrospective? Oh, my God. <laughs> if they do it or anything like it, it would be after the next Avengers movie, because that's kind of the end of this era. Hopefully. We'll see. I think. Movie's just going to give over all 30 of their movie slots to <laughs> the Avengers films. Oh, no. It'll all be on that Disney streaming app. Oh, God. That's makes- right. Everyone's getting their own. Their every every TV channel is getting their own special app now. Disney's mm-hmm. yeah. on CBS then cable All Access by the wayside. Yeah, CBS All Access is the first one that's really kind of gone all in, and like they have shows that are specifically on there. Um, they also are doing interesting stuff because I believe there's like nudity on uh, one of the CBS shows. Uh, yeah, is it the, good, the good, good, good Wife? Or good, good Wife. Fight. A Good Fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nudity and, so, and they every single episode they will say fuck in one way or another. See, and Diane crazy. saying fuck is the best thing in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, the first time Baranski <laughs> says fuck, I was like, yes, this is the <laughs> best, so worth the yes. money. FX, I mean, Atlanta, they say fuck a lot in that show. They I do. Mean, yep, they yeah. don't even give a shit. Well, and then you want to I talk mean, about nudity, the Americans, the sexiest, most depressing show on television. No, no, no. <laughs> but Brian, Brian, I'm I'm not talking about like uh like nipple tape nudity and shit like that. I'm talking about like Bill, full I don't frontal. Know what kind of porn you watch? Ah. I said nipple taint, Bill. I just no, want to no, let you know. No, no I said taint. nipple tape. Okay. Like like I don't know the, what the, you're watching. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not like nudity for TV. It's nudity for movies. It's like yep. seriously full frontal on The Good Fight. Not yep. penis, but boobs. <laughs> no, it, you got to go to Westworld if you want, uh, if yes. you want some pain in your life. Yeah. Just for male nudity. <laughs> God, what are we talking about? Anyway, um, so, so if you need some CBS nudity, nudity and cursing in your, in your entertainment, uh, CBS All Access. Yeah, um, surprisingly, which has, a, which has a series by David Lowry coming out soon. Oh, nice. Um, anyway, we're, we're we're here to talk about Avengers: Infinity War. Um, we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's opened this uh, Thursday. I saw it at seven o'clock, and um, it's on track to have possibly a bigger opening than Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So uh, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's a big movie. Big ass Not movie. Not is that right? Not Black Panther? It, I, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> um, Black Panther, I don't think, had a, as big an opening as The Force Awakens, but it yeah. made close to as much money overall. Okay. No, I think I think Force Awakens is like 2.2, and uh, right now Black Panther is hovering around like 1.6 billion. So, yeah. um, and but I think Avatar, Jedi, I Avatar, think. Avatar is like at like 3.6 at some ungodly number like that. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, what so were we undeserved. doing in, in 2009? Like, we wow. Were, we were all paying for that 3D price. Yeah, that, that was a big, big part of it. Revolutionary technology. Um, we need I to do a micro budget movie next week. <laughs> 
what uh we're gonna talk you mean you mean uh the we are not here or whatever the fuck we watched last week you were never really here yes not we are who we are yeah i don't know not call um, me by your name uh, anyway um we're talking tully at some point aren't we is that a small budget yeah, probably i know I ron know. livingston is pulling in like 10 million a picture but <laughs> it's got Charlize theron in it yeah and um she's making that things. furiosa movie is she no oh, damn it <laughs> i just want mackenzie davis to get a big paycheck tully is a stealth sequel to mad max fury road um <laughs> it is also a sidequel to sully um look oh god <laughs> oh my god we need to start this show <laughs> and it's a parallel narrative to fern gully <laughs> all right enough let's all talk right. about the avengers brian yeah, i don't let's... usually want to die before we begin come on <laughs> michael you always want to die <laughs> you know how i know that Jesus. because you're me two years ago <laughs> okay right, so moving we on. avoided let's... talking about avengers uh... close to 10 minutes now so let's do it avengers for Infinity another War. hour <laughs> to <get> directed... <laughs> i'm gonna hang up on michael Ooh. now um directed by joe and anthony russo written by christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely it stars just Everybody. fucking everyone. Yeah, just, don't, don't even bother. Like, that's pointless. There was a point at which I was going to legitimately write down the first name, like, the, the, the full name of every actor in this movie and try to say it all at once. And then I decided no. not to. Anyway, so let's talk about it. Here is a trailer for uh, Avengers Infinity War. There was an idea. to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. All right. Spooky opening for the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. This movie brings together almost all of your favorite Marvel superheroes and uh, has them fighting Thanos, the Mad Titan, a giant hulking purple space alien who wants to unite the six Infinity Stones that will give him complete control over the entire universe uh, so that he can, can fucking murder half of everyone uh, in order to restore balance to uh, the universe. That's it. That's the plot. Let's see mm -hmm. what we thought of this movie. Jamie, would you like to kick us off? I loved it. I I think I always knew I would just because it, I'm a huge fan of these Marvel movies and I love the Avengers as characters and a lot of the newer characters. I was excited to see everybody sort of team up. Um, but it it actually had a lot more heart than I expected. Thanos was way better than I expected. And it completely destroyed me by the end. In an unexpected way. Because I really did think that Cap was done in this one. So I was prepared for that. I was not prepared for what actually happened. All right. Bill Graham. Mm, okay, I guess we're going to start off with the with the positives. Uh, I mean, yeah, I 
I, I mean, if you want me to go last, uh, that's fine too. All right, fine. Let's but, make it a sandwich. Michael Snyder. Okay. <laughs> I'm always down for people talking themselves out of being the next one to speak. <laughs> Why would you ever assume that I don't have positive things to say about this movie? Who knows? Uh, I, I, all right. I, here's the deal. I, I've seen 18, Keep 18, it brief. 19 of these movies, uh, and I expected to give a shit a lot more during this movie. I, I found this movie – I don't know. It, it I, Honestly, I was incredibly bored for huge portions of this movie. I, I think that at times the – there's some comfort food qualities to seeing some of these characters finally get their chance to meet, you know, whether it's Thor and the guardians finally meeting at the way their two egos, you know, have, or excuse me, star Lord and Thor's egos have friction. And some of this stuff was good, but I just, uh, I can't get over how much this movie feels like designed by committee. And, I, that's been something I've had a regular problem with Marvel in general, in the sense that even the ones where I really like the director in previous cases, they still feel somewhat anonymous. Uh, Black Panther is kind of a noted exception, and even Thor Ragnarok, which I didn't love, I, I thought definitely had a distinctive vision. Uh, this movie at nearly three hours jumps between you know two di- dozen different set pieces, and it it was just really hard for me to care because I was constantly feeling the grind of this. And, um, and then I, you know, and then I, I have to say I was really excited when we finally saw some, some friends from a black Panther because that world feels really unique and interesting. Um, I, I guess the last thing I just want to say is I don't know My continuing battle with superhero movies is I don't know whether I just fundamentally can't get past the serial nature of franchise filmmaking or whether these movies are badly made, which I and I think it's a little bit of both. And I just can't really leave it at the doors. I just don't really have anything more to say about these Marvel movies. I, I, I just feel like after spending 19 movies length i should uh i don't know feel like things will have any level of permanence all right bill graham are you ready now sure i can go um sure uh one thing i want to note this movie is not nearly three hours it's definitely two and a half hours so you're missing 30 minutes you Holy shit, are you kidding me? All the time. And this is the movie where you're going to suddenly try to be like, oh, it's not that long. It's only two hours and 40 fucking minutes. No, it's two hours and 30 minutes. You're uh-uh. still missing 30 minutes before three hours. So, yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I really I'd quite like enjoyed this movie. Through the mic, Bill, I really would. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I really enjoyed this movie. I I was really concerned with how Thanos was going to be shown and interpreted and given some kind of humanity because he is just a big purple space blob for a lot of people. And especially how little we've seen of him up to this point in the Avengers films and all the kind of crossover movies that we have. 
he's kind of been a non-entity and he's always been this kind of lurking presence ever since the first Avengers. And I think they do him a really good service here in giving him humanity. I think Brolin does uh, like really excellent work as far as voicing and I guess the performance capture, whatever he did for this film. Um, he's really good in this role and it's hard to be really good in that role, um, especially coming off of someone like Killmonger, who was given so much humanity that people literally left that movie, uh, Black Panther, not knowing who they were supposed to be rooting for. And in this film, I think they don't give him a, that much humanity because it's hard to not root for you know every human being alive, basically. But just the same he's he's given a lot of depth and a lot of character detail that i was surprised by uh it's definitely wears its length on its shoulders um i think i had to take a bathroom break in the middle of it and i was pretty frustrated and it was weird because as you're sitting there in the theater you just start to realize its length and just how long it's going to go and it is packed with everything, and that's good and bad. It doesn't have enough time to seed some of the things that it needs to seed properly to give it kind of the weight and depth that it should. But overall, I was I was thoroughly impressed because this this easily should have been just something that couldn't work. And Marvel again and again for me has just shown that they're able to make stuff like this, which is a, a incredibly goofy and like ridiculous concept to even like think about. And for a lot of audiences, it's really hitting home. I, I will say this, all four of us are grown ass adults. And I think that tempers our ability to kind of watch this film and, and really kind of delve into it. I can't imagine being six, seven, or eight and not knowing the inner workings of the Hollywood studio systems and stuff like that and watching this film and by the end of it, just, you know, not knowing what's going on. That The fact that there's still another year before this next movie is pretty wild. So you're so. saying if we were as ignorant as children, this movie might have affected us more? Not us, but just in general, I think... You know, obviously, all four of us talk about movies uh, at a at a decent amount, and we know enough about it. So, you know, we know the inner workings of the Hollywood system. So, yeah, I mean, if if you knew, if you didn't understand what a contract was and stuff like that, and how you know there are certain movies that have been announced ahead of time, even as much as they've tried to keep that kind of tempered down. Um, you know, and the fact that one of these movies made a billion dollars, what, three months ago. So it's kind of like, OK, you know, so so these are the stakes. And if you're a child, you're like, holy fuck at the end of this movie. Right. Not so, just like, a child. You... There was a guy sitting next to me who obviously had only seen Black Panther and who was at this movie to see Black Panther mm -hmm. in it. And when it was over, he was like, but we we just got Wakanda. Mm -hmm. We just got our movie. How could they do this? He has no idea that yeah. 
the way comics work, the way comic book movies work, and the fact that a sequel has already been scheduled. Yeah. Sure. So <clears throat> my brief thoughts. Um, I thought that this movie was like way better than it had any right to be, considering how much of a fucking travesty the first two Avengers were. Um, mm. And that's speaking as someone who generally likes the Marvel films fine enough, or I guess had liked them fine enough for a long time. Um, I love me some Captain America. Think he's great. First Guardian. That beard, fine. though. Yeah, oh, I mean, don't, that beard is awesome. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't say anything great. about the beard. The beard's great. It, like, first of all, he has the look that like, every man growing up wishes he could have, which is full beard <laughs> and the yep. ability to just like grow his hair out and then sweep it back, which never looks good <laughs> on anyone except movie stars. Um, <laughs> but like, so, so like, I walked into this movie and I was like, there are like three to four characters that I care about, and I would like to see them. And I'm a little nervous for them. And I can't wait to see like these characters who I enjoy interacting again. My issue with this movie is that I don't get that because the movie is way too excited about the kinds of battles that there can be now. And it doesn't take any time to invest you in the stakes on a character level beyond just survival. And, and, um, like, the most the most screen time given to like simple character interaction is given to Scarlet Witch and Vision, who <laughs> I don't think anyone is really clamoring for more of those two in their lives. But people yeah, hard pass. I, yeah, people who I like really wanna figure out their shit about, and people who I think like in previous movies have been set up to be people whose attachments and and relationships we should care about are just kind of skirted over in this. So I didn't get what I came for, and the the action is, like, incomprehensible to fine. And this is coming from a guy who I loved the action in uh, The Winter Soldier and Civil War. And this movie, though, I think, like, just when you have that many people, it just turns into an Isle of Dogs-style cloud with fists coming out of it. <laughs> and... And it was I very just, Lord of the Rings. I don't think anybody loses an ear. No, I well, no, I don't think anyone loses an ear. <laughs> it's so like when we finally get to the centerpiece from the trailers, like the Wakanda fight, like finally you kind of get like the Braveheart Lord of the Rings type thing. But there is a lot before that that's just like throwing cars, people flying through buildings and windows, and like in my heart of hearts, I wish that this movie had just had like the 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 courage to like start with a giant thing, you know, to get it out of its system, and then to just chill with these characters who are basically just standing on the beach watching the tidal wave come at them and realizing that they can't get away and that they're going to have to just do what they can when it happens. And like giving us some some real character moments to drill down into because and i've heard i i put this thought out on facebook and was confronted by people saying <laughs> you know we've had 18 movies to like get to know these characters and i'm like but that's that's not that's not that's not good that's not a good criticism that's not fair because i whenever they get together like this that's the opportunity to like really explore the group dynamic and, and as it stands it's like 
an intramural kickball team filled with people (laughs) who don't talk to each other. And so no matter how good the game is, it just feels really empty and hollow afterwards. Um, I don't really agree. I mean, well, they've we got can, stuff we'll, with. We'll, hold on, hold on, Jamie. Well, we'll I was about we'll, to say we can we yeah. can definitely get into it. I I think the sure. final thing I'll say is, I I was I was kind of on board for the ending, which we're not going to talk about until we get to spoiler section. But I'm sitting there watching the ending, and I'm like, okay, that's great. But then I guess you know, just like Bill said, or like anything else, like it's a comic book movie. So how much does it really matter? And so I think it's going to be difficult for me to really wrestle with the ending implications of this until because it's not like we're just living with the aftermath of this. There's the aftermath of this almost exists just to give us the plot for the next movie. And I just I like unless unless it really sticks around to be opaque about it, I'm just like this movie is going to probably fall even more in my estimation depending on how much of what happens ends up fixed <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see it's 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 tough to talk about without yeah. spoiling but i, it, I so. think that's that's just kind of where it is it feels like as one at once it could feel like a complete movie if i didn't have faith in in marvel as most comic books will saying but we can undo at least 75 percent of this mm-hmm. if we wanted to <laughs> let's let's uh let's skirt around that a little bit more <laughs> um so yeah, I, are, are, you, are you done? Okay. Yeah, I'm curious, Jamie. What um, I guess like what what for you were some of like the more powerful personal moments that you like found in this movie that you feel like elevated elevated themselves over what we might have gotten in like just another individual film. Well, I agree that there are certain characters that didn't have a lot of interpersonal moments because we've seen them build their relationships in other movies. Like the relationship between Cap and Black Widow is so established. We don't need to really get a lot of detail about what... firmly disagree. You don't think from Winter Soldier that it's clear that they are... They depend on each other and trust each other despite what happened in Civil War? I am super curious because... And I don't I don't want to get I don't want this to be one of those things where we just like talk about very individual scenes. But I really when Bruce Banner sees her and is like, oh, hey, Nat, I'm back. And then I think Falcon says awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that because Cap and Black Widow are finally together like they should have been since Ultron? I don't don't think so. I think we're not giving enough. I don't think that Bruce the way I looked at that scene was, oh, good. They fixed that stupid plot from Ultron. And it's just like, hey, I'm back. Hey. And then they left it. It's nothing. Because right, I, I never I, bought her being interested in him. Okay, thank so. you. I'm glad we can agree on that. Because after after uh, Winter Soldier, I was like, oh, great. We're going to have the most American man and the most, quote unquote, Russian woman, like, get together. And then suddenly she was never... with Bruce. And now in this movie, they walk in together. And and Falcon is like, uh-oh. Ooh. I- I never saw them as characters interested in each other romantically. I think that the two actors have incredibly good chemistry and that comes from them having made a lot of movies together before Marvel. They are, they're really good friends. They play off each other really well. I always saw them as being like best friends. She's there for him. She keeps trying to, you know, hook him up with girls and get him out there and, be his friend but she also has his back so 
in this movie, it was nice for them to just be a team again. Mm. Especially guess... her and Cap and Falcon. I mm-hmm. really buy them as a unit. I do too. I, I guess... Seeing it from your point of view, I can see how you would you would then say like, okay, they're just there, and we know that they're a team that hangs out. But for me, it's like, when are these two hot people who are clearly into each other finally going to get down to it? <laughs> yeah. Which... I just don't see them as being into each other. I think oh. she's way too much for him. He can't handle a girl like her. No, I think that they need he each is, other. He is a little simple. He is a little simple boy. Let's spend I think the next hour talking pure. about... Yeah, but that's the thing. He's so pure, and she's so like she's always <laughs> talking about the red we're, in her ledger. And I'm like, these two just to need to get together and go I to mean, a Jamba gonna, Juice. And like, if we're gonna cast that, I'd like to see Nat and and Bo- Interesting. I that's think that the problem here is that um, the Marvel movies are like completely sexless, and they, they also only have like th- four women. And so it becomes right. like this kind of weird round robin thing where like we have been trained she... to expect some sort of romance to appear. And these people sure. have no life outside of when they're putting their spandex on and going to punch someone. It, it does suck that she so, is kind of the like she's been the one that everybody's just been like, oh, hey, like you're an attractive lady. Like, well, she's you know, the, so, the hot like, in middle school who's friends with all the boys. And, and so she. She, she, she has chemistry. The, she, she does. She's she's she has a very good screen presence, and so you can see why like a lot of the men in the MCU would be attracted to her for sure. But I think she blasted onto the scene in Iron Man two, and you know what is what is Iron Man's quip to Pepper Potts? Can I have one of those? Like right. as soon as he sees her, and it's just kind of carried through all of Romanov's like. All, all of her roles in in these big get together films is just like pairing her off with a guy, and it feels it feels a little sleazy. But you're right, Brian, that it's very sexless in its sleaze, but it still feels like, man, Jesus, can they get another woman in in like uniform to fight with them? And they kind of did that with Colby Smulders, but it's also like she's not quite at like Black Widow's level, so it doesn't really count either. Yeah. And it's just like. Yeah, there's 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 some issues with the gender dynamics for sure. And I think they've done a decent job of kind of correcting that the further they've gone on. Uh, Obviously, Black Panther took like five steps forward. So, yeah, yeah. they're working on it. Um, I know Karen Gillan recently said that she would really love to direct an all female superhero Marvel movie where all the women team up. And I know that the women have actually, all of them collectively, went to Marvel and said, "We want a, we want our movie with us in the leads, like they, not just individual movies, but us as a team up." Do you think Clint's wife would be brought into that? No. <laughs> oh man, is that Buono? Is that Buono? No, that's Linda uh, Cardellini. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just want Linda um, Cardellini and more stuff. I'm curious, the, Michael. The, do you so far, Michael? Do you have anything to add? What? Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't. I'm I'm sorry. I right. just uh, let's go back to Jamie then. Yeah, um, go ahead. So our 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 mismatched feelings about Cap and Black Widow aside, um, what were some other moments that you I felt really, like invested us in the characters? I really loved the stuff with Thor and Rocket. Mm-hmm. I you know it starts off really jokey with him calling him Rabbit and Rocket obviously <laughs> being Rocket about it and wanting to like go to this 
armory so that he can get some cool weapons and maybe steal some stuff. But they have a moment where Rocket's like, oh, okay, I got to be the captain. And he goes and like talks to Thor about what he's gone through. And I, I like I, that scene is like that does some heavy lifting, especially because like coming off of Thor Ragnarok, which is such a silly and kind of goofy movie that like actually has some stakes and like even Taika Waititi, if you listen to some of his interviews, he mentions like they kind of left him alone and and he was allowed to like kind of like joke and have fun with like how big the stakes ended up in that movie like as like i mean you know by now more than likely uh asgard is gone and so mm-hmm. like that's and like that is completely played as a laugh at the end of thor ragnarok like it's it's like it's a joke yeah. and so like i don't know he, if i'd say that I, I he literally, literally just jokes it. about it. He literally like uh, the rock guy who is Taika Waititi. He's like, he's like, well, you know, if the foundation is good, then you can still rebuild it. And then the whole thing fucking blows up. And he's like, oh, never mind. Like, no, like but the- I, I got that. But there's like a real sense of darkness and, and gravity at the end of that movie that I don't think is in those moments with like Rocket. I, again, it's agree to disagree. But I think like. I do think Taika Waititi actually did a really good job in emphasizing the melancholy in a way that I don't think this movie does at all because I think that they undermine every serious moment with another quip. Like it, But there I, wasn't one in that scene with Rocket and Thor. Thor talks about how he's lost his his family. He had to kill his sister. He lost his home. And Rocket says, and if you do this you know what happens and he says something about like i have nothing left to lose and rocket very quietly says i do yeah i have a lot to lose and and it's it's a moment where they're just talking and understanding each other and it's not jokey and there's not like a quip to groot to stop playing a video game it's just a very serious quiet moment in a very loud movie mm-hmm and it, I really liked of, it. Yeah, it, I think that the, the issue is that those moments are are fewer and smaller than they should be. And I the other do moments agree are with deafening. that. There, there could have been a few more of them. I think that if they had less characters, maybe they would have had time for it. If mm. they wanted to, you know, make the scope a little bit smaller for that big end battle, but. Again, if we've watched 18 of these movies, we know a lot of the interpersonal relationships. So really, it's just seeing what happens when you switch things up a little bit. So there's some good stuff with Tony and Doctor Strange once they get over there, you know, waving their dicks around to see who's cooler or smarter, more arrogant. And there's some good stuff with Tony and, and Peter Parker. And there's, I don't know, I I just, I thought that the character work in this was actually pretty good considering there were so many characters and and it helps that I knew all of them already. I didn't need any establishment. I am. I will say I have only not seen, is that the right construction that sentence? There are only two Marvel movies, which I have not seen. Uh, One of which was Dr. Strange and one of which was Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. I don't that, that's feel too bad on Thor Ragnarok. Cause that movie is very good. I heard that. Um, yeah. 
I forget. It's a lot of it fun. came out in like November though, so there was just mm-hmm. way too much other stuff happening, and something had to get the axe, and uh, it was Thor, and mm-hmm. so. I mean, I don't feel like I missed anything in particular character-wise because Stephen Strange seems to be just who he is. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Strange is much better in this than he is in his entire origin movie. I, I I thought that Doctor Strange was an okay movie. I was entertained while I was watching it and never had a desire to watch it again, hmm. which is the only Marvel movie that I've ever said, like, I don't really feel like I need to see that one again. Um, but he's very I thought he was very good in this he's a caricature in in his own movie um, unfortunately like he's he's just a giant dick and yeah he 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 rubs a lot of people in the Iron Man way whereas Iron Man has like a lot of sense of humor to him and has a lot of fun and Doctor Strange is much more just kind of insular and just like on high and kind of a dick and this film kind of does a little bit better job of like kind of giving him a little bit more of a of a rounded edge so interesting um yeah and that's that's great i guess but like i don't know for for some reason for me every time that like these people met each other it it really was like oh my god steven strange oh hey tony stark Uh uh-oh and then suddenly they were doing stuff together and like i just i just wish to god that like if you had to do that to get into the action scene right away that you'd then have just the tiniest bit more time to to get to know each other as people i want like yeah. the i want the the saving private ryan moment of everyone sitting in a bombed out church swapping stories and you know i just like when i was a kid I used to, whenever I would play with action figures who didn't belong to the same universe, I almost found like the concept of making them just have to sit down for coffee a lot more interesting than, than like deciding if like Thor could shoot lightning off of Captain America's shield Mm -hmm. to make it go around a corner. Like, you know, I want, I want like, I I have to say like one thing. I, sorry, I, Brian, I just quickly before we got away from this, um, I have to say, like, I know it's Joss Whedon especially is, you know, uh, not well liked <laughs> around these parts anymore for good reason. But like, I have to say, like, I, I don't love the first Avengers, but I think that he because of his past and his experience, like he absolutely emphasized this like interrelational push and pull. And I did feel what you're talking about, Brian, like this, like when they first meet, there's a little bit of, you know, back and jump right into it. And I was hoping for more moments where there is just a little bit more uh, conversation. It's just that weird feeling. And it's, it's admittedly it's very difficult when you have this many characters i guess that's one thing i haven't mentioned and you guys are constantly you guys are bringing up but i i think again as brian's saying is that like you you don't ever get a sense that these people are communicating their own nature to anyone else like even something like civil war even as it didn't really get into a lot of like deep conversations about the two, you know, political ideologies of Cap and Iron Man, like that was something that it wanted to wrestle with. And and I think that this movie, as we've kind of brought up, is that there's so much going on, but 
it, it also just makes everything feel inconsequential. Um, yeah, let me let me touch on a couple of things here. Sure, because I've noticed I noticed something that I think a lot of people maybe haven't quite grasped like what is going on in this movie. Um, there's six infinity stones that Thanos is trying to capture. He starts the movie mm-hmm. off with one already. And I think that's part of the mistake. I think they could have done more to just kind of seed and give him a couple of extra stones to start off with this movie in some of the flash or flash scenes or what extra credit scenes or whatever you want to call them in some of the other movies. I think it would have been nice to have that because then you don't have to have him gather five more fucking stones. He quickly gathers a second within the first sequence and that's not a big spoiler or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, okay, so now he's got two. So now he's got to get four more and that's a lot of like, okay, we got to come up with a plan. And this whole film from the get-go feels like, okay, shit, we don't have a plan. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And it it does feel grating to have a two-and-a-half-hour movie where everybody's just kind of bouncing around, where they just – nobody's able to sit down and, like, have a conversation because – yeah, like this guy is coming for it. He's got four henchmen that are all trying to help him gather these stones. And I think Which, so where much the fuck time have in, these people been, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess killing other planets like where's Thanos been? Because it's I, like I every know. time that he's like trying to do something like apparently you could just send down fishmonger and he could wreck shop and probably get things done a lot better than. I mean, I wish did. we, I, I certainly wish we would have more Carrie Coon. That would have been fun. Um, Look, there's always room for more Carrie Coon. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this film puts itself at a disservice or at a disadvantage right from the get go because they, they've like seeded this so well. Like he's got to get these infinity stones. Like these things are all powerful. And it's like, start him with a couple of more so we don't have to go through a bunch of that bullshit. And then we can have a little bit more time of them rallying around like one or two stones and trying to really defend that shit. So I actually agree with that a bit that they could have in this, the many, many post credit scenes that have happened between Avengers and this Avengers. There could have been one or two where, oh, shit, Thanos destroyed Xandar and got the space stone. Yeah. And, and, and now he's destroyed. He's but I think they didn't want to lose Loki in a post credit scene. So that one makes sense in this, but he could have gotten the one from the collector in a post credit scene. Or I will just say you could have totally made just a few more movies that were about like someone trying to get an infinity stone. Well, there are many infinity stones in (laughs) a lot of the movies already. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I just think it's weird to have him be like, like Hulk comes down and is like, well, I guess Bruce Banner comes down and is like, Thanos is coming. And everyone's like, oh, cool? Is he a cool guy? And right, they don't like, know who Thanos is until yeah. he's like, he's the one who sent Loki to New York. Right, So it just, but it just feels yeah. like if maybe, like, if, if they, I, and it's clear that they knew close to the beginning that this would be where they were going, if they had just, like, made Thanos 
or one of his henchmen like a bad guy like if they always knew in the back of their minds like somewhere out in the universe is a man with this impossible plan that sounds like crazy and maybe they go from like well that just sounds like space mumbo jumbo to me to being like oh shit this is a reality that we're going to have to deal with like it just seems weird because in this movie he's not a guy that they've ever known. It's not like, like the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files is more of a known quantity and a malicious malevolent figure than Thanos is for like the first hour of this movie. Mm -hmm. At least to the characters. Except to Gamora. Yes. Yeah. And And she has her little things like him from movie to movie. But like, it doesn't feel as though like that's one character in a sea of characters. And now, you know, we don't have... Well, but it, we it makes sense that on Earth they didn't know about Thanos because they haven't had to deal with him going, being out there destroying right. it, Earth. It, it makes sense, but I, what I'm, my argument is that it's bad storytelling. Like, it, it makes logical narrative sense, but for this movie, yes. it, I, it, I think, they understand. I think we... Uh, I think we can all agree that Thanos should have been maybe seated a little bit better, but more specifically, the stones should have, like, like I said, like, I think we can all agree, like the stones should have already been a few, a few deep already to start this movie. And then we can rally around like one or two or three of these stones instead of five of them. And it's just like, ugh, we got five sequences of this. Like, can we just have like three and then we can focus. And, and I will say, and that's there's sort of a, my thing, Bill. Like, if let's say we open the movie with him having like three of the stones, and then like midway through the movie, or like even just an hour into the movie, he gets the fourth one, and then it's like, okay, now he's coming to Earth. We have the two stones. Let's set them in two like completely opposite corners of the globe, and then you can have a split up like we have here between you know, mm-hmm. space and earth, but like have it a little more grounded and give our characters some time to hang out together. It's just, there's a lot that this movie is like three movies worth of movie that have to be made at once because they decided not to have Thanos be more of an actual threat early on. And that creates a rushed atmosphere that I going back to kind of the original thing that we were talking about that Jamie said worked for her, that kind of, for me really, really played down a lot of my my interest in the film and its emotional stakes because there was so much plot to get through it, it, and it is it is weird that a two and a half hour movie some people will get out of this and say that felt a little rushed right like that's yeah. that's not something you want as a filmmaker is like holy shit like i gave you two and a half hours and you're saying it feels rushed like Ooh, um at some point either i make more movie no don't do that or I seed it better in the other movies because that's my gambit and that's kind of my play here is, okay, I get to seed a lot of that stuff maybe. Um, it will be interesting to see – we've uh, – uh, it will be interesting to see on the next installment if they have a little bit more leeway of like going insular and having a little bit more game plan kind of stuff. So. Yeah. I'll I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Now, all of that being said, I would just like to say that in terms like the protagonist of this movie is Thanos. Like the main character of this film is Is, is that antagonist. 
what does protagonist I don't mean? like protagonist I'll is be like real. main character. At a certain point, I was like, he's my identification character. Like he's mm, the guy yeah. we're following. Everyone else is reactionary to him. He's the only sure. one making positive steps towards a goal. Um <laughs> and at, at some point I was like, it's weird that we get two Marvel movies in a row where at the end I'm like, why don't we just let the bad guy win? Uh, he seems I'm, to be I'm, making a lot of sense. Shit, I'm so glad you said that, Brian. Like that <laughs> that that brings like a giant smile to my face because, like, like I really feel like Thanos is well seated in this movie. And like, look, is genocide a, a, a great idea? M- maybe not. Um, is maybe not. Okay, yeah. here I'll okay. I'll say this: genocide is terrible because genocide is when you are singling at a group of people yes. based upon something about them. In this, he makes a very clear point. He's like, look, it's dispassionate. It's random. It's just chance. And what it's going to do is it's going to help everyone else. I went to your planet, murdered half the people. Guess what? Poverty, gone. Hunger, gone. We're all good now. Now imagine if I could do that to the whole universe. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the problems is that when you make it universe scale, it becomes very difficult to even quantify that in your mind. So at some point, you're like, yeah, fuck it. Toss the coin. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like in Rainbow Six, if you've ever read the book, Rainbow Six. It was Mm -hmm. about a guy who, like, wanted to release a deadly virus-like pathogen Mm -hmm. so that it could kill off a bunch of people on Earth. And so the environment could, like, have a fighting chance again. And it's like, I don't agree with that. I think that murder is bad. But in terms of, like, reasons to murder everyone, that's a fairly good one. Mm-hmm. Well, they did a really good job and they've because they've been criticized so often in the past at about the villains not being well drawn or having motivations that made an, a huge amount of sense. They've done a really good job with their last at least three villains with Vulture yeah. and Killmonger and now Thanos with giving them shades where as an audience member, you can be like, OK, I see your point and it's not maniacal it's not mustache twirling villain stuff it it makes a certain amount of sense vulture especially is just like hey man a lot of people are making money like i'm just trying to make money too like yeah and and that's that's it like like you're literally you're literally taking my my job away and so i'm gonna fight you know right and And killmonger was like look at the way that our people have been shoved down and forced into slavery and killed on the streets for so long. Mm -hmm. It Killmonger made sense. And Thanos has a certain aspect of making sense. And And they give us the time to care about him because he's not, he's not just showing this like evil side. He, he's showing how he does actually love Gamora we're seeing when and the, first the crazier her. part is that like you know vulture's reason is is selfish you know he wants to have a nice house and you know it, obviously he's taking care of his family and everything but like it's for monetary gain and killmonger's is for you know reasonable vengeance but thanos is like 100 percent just kind of dispassionate doesn't it's not for him mm-hmm. he he even says like you know when when it's over, I'm going to sit down and watch the sunrise. Like, I'm not going to then install myself as dictator. You all can go back to doing whatever the fuck you want. I just need to do this because... He he thinks it's what's right for the universe. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm the only one who's got the will to do what's needed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and hard to that... it's hard to hate him in the way that, you know, uh, you could hate I don't know, name some other villain from these movies I, that I, the, was the, the the Ronin the Accuser. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Terrible Fucking Maliketh, I, the Dark Elf. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll mention this real brief. Um, I have a little bit of back background with Thanos. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite like uh, Marvel characters. And he's been established in kind of like the cosmic universe. And he's, he's a funky character because they don't bring him in until it's like a giant big crossover event. Um, he had the... I think it's just called the Infinity Gauntlet uh, crossover storyline giant thing. And like his motivation in that series was pretty cut and dry. He uh, lusted after this character named Death, which is like a like given a female like pers- personage mm-hmm. and that's his like motivation is if he kills like half of the universe he will please her and that's like his ultimate goal is to marry her and be in love with her and so you know like if a girl likes led zeppelin and you get her tickets to a zeppelin concert you got a shot with her if a girl is literally death and you murder a bunch of people you got a shot with her um and so like i will say this a lot of times we run into adaptations where there's issues and i'm not sure if if this is just something unique to the mcu and that they're like culling from so much like comic history but they're actually doing a pretty good job of doing what a lot of people say they want from like book adaptations is okay don't be beholden to it make Mm -hmm. it better And they're taking like a lot of the like, you know, I mentioned like the Killmonger stuff and like even M'Baku, right? Uh, The white ape. And, you you know, we looked at that image of the white ape and we were like, holy shit, that's terrible. Like, yeah, they did good by him in the movie. And they did good by him. And so it's interesting that the MCU so far with the last three villains, they've really done a good job of being like, okay, I know this is that character's motivation in the comics, but I don't give a fuck. Like, let's let's do something different. Let's give them actual weighty stakes. Let's give them an idea that everybody can kind of, oh, okay, and chew over. And so, I, you know, like, as much as a lot of people like to shit on these films, I think they're doing a good job of, like, actually adapting what they have and mm-hmm. still pleasing the fans and still well, pleasing a lot of general Primarily audience. because unlike DC, which will try to straight up, take a uh, comic but then fuck up the character D- uh, marvel seems to realize that the character is what the people come for mm-hmm. um i we're almost an hour in we should probably talk about how this movie ends um so if you haven't seen avengers infinity war uh, and you don't want to be spoiled uh get out now i'm gonna give you a moment by playing some music is the theme from the first season of The Leftovers. Um, So let's, uh, I'm going to cut to the chase and just tell you how this movie ends. Uh, Thanos, who has been, like many people, and I thought this was just them being coy, was like, if he gets all the stones, he could snap his fingers and half the universe would die. 
anyway, he gets all the stones and he snaps <laughs> his fingers and half the universe dies, including, but not limited to, uh, Spider-Man, Black Panther, uh, Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, Bucky Barnes, uh, the Falcon, Star Strange. Yeah, Strange, who I forgot about. Groot. Groot. Groot goes. Drax, Mantis. Yep. Uh, yeah. Nick Fury, Maria Hill. <laughs> you remembered her name. Holy shit. I think someone said it earlier in this, didn't they? Uh, I know. I said, I, I said Colby Smolders. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Then I just remembered her name. Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Digging um, deep. Robin Shabatsky. Uh Yeah, so a bunch of people die. And that's in addition to Gamora getting thrown off a cliff so Thanos can get the Soul Stone, um, which is probably one of the more affecting moments in the movie. And uh, Loki getting his ass choked out and uh, his windpipe crushed. And we've been told no more resurrections for him. And Heimdall. Heimdall Heimdall is dead, too. straight up stabbed. I just just was like, you know, guys, I I really want to focus on this DJ thing. So can y'all give me a moment? Is he a DJ now or is that a joke? No, he's like a legit DJ over in like South Africa or some shit like that. Are you talking about Idris Elba? Yeah. He just signed on to do a Netflix show. What would you say about DJs? (laughs) He showed up on the Macklemore album. It was terrible. (laughs) Michael, that might be the saddest you've ever sounded. (laughs) I mean, the saddest was because I listened to an album by Macklemore. (laughs) That was my first problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, what life choices did you make that led you to that? Featuring Idris Elba, you know, I am a curious person. Okay, that's fair. Curiosity. And I'll go back to being quiet now. Enjoy the podcast, guys. (laughs) Michael's going to go back to playing Snake on his cell phone. Um, So here's my. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just talk about it right now. This ending is bold and great. As long as everyone stays dead forever, you fucking tear up the contracts that they had. You say, "Ha ha." That was all misdirection for the nerds. You all are fucking dead. Go find another job. You're never coming back. Your sequels are canceled. All the concept art and like costume fittings you've had were just to throw off the sense of everyone else. You're all gone. Peace out. Nobody liked you to begin with. And then the very next movie should start with this song. Oh my god. Just stop. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. And then the next movie should just be like nothing but a bunch of sad Marvel characters sitting around talking about how much it sucks that all their friends died, realizing that they lost, and then realizing that they just got to keep on keeping on and hope that the people who remain are able to put back together some kind of meaningful society. Because Wouldn't they- that be some shit with the leftovers being pretty much ignored by all critical associations for three years yeah. what? for Marvel <laughs> to like turn around and be like and it's Avengers the Leftovers. Yeah, I think that would be great. It's like, oh, you never wanted to give the uh, the Leftovers an Emmy? Guess what? We just turned the Avengers into the Leftovers. Backdoor pilot, baby. Yeah, I think that that would be great if the, the Russo brothers came out and were just like, we were big fans of the Avengers, or the Leftovers. We didn't <laughs> think anyone had seen it enough. Clearly not enough people, so we decided, what the fuck? We're just going to make our own. Can we also just, can we say, though, at least that it's bad misdirection, though? The characters they chose. Like, if you're going to pretend that characters are gone, 
like do the original Avengers. Cause if you do follow the Hollywood machine, you know that like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is uh, going to get out of the blockbuster shit. Robert Downey Jr. gets straight up stabbed to death in this movie and then is saved okay. by Doctor Strange. And and I just don't understand the point of that. Me either. Well, uh, here's, here's the big game plan I think is going to happen is the people that we saw disappear. They, Alternate timelines. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna go to so, a different universe where half of everyone didn't go away. Oh my god. Anyways, no. Okay. All right. So what's more than likely going to happen is the characters that are still alive, right? Well, Thor, I, I want you to I want you to talk about this, but before you do, can you just say like what did you think of the ending? Like were you surprised by it? Did you like it? I I I much agree with what Mike is saying in a way because I think the people when you see Black Panther and you see yep, Tom Holland Tom Holland actually <laughs> like we, we mentioned this on the Slack channel um but like Tom Holland actually gives like a a, a nice little performance as he's like falling to pieces and you're oh just my like God, oh so good Jesus like yeah, that's that's fucking frightening because in their reality, right? Our reality is different than their reality. We're watching a fucking movie and their reality, they're gone. Like they're fucking gone. And so like he's he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's just like, "Why am I dis- what the fuck is going on? I've never kissed I've never kissed Gwen Stacy or something like that." You know? He's just like, "What the fuck? I have so many regrets." <laughs> um and so like I think it's interesting that they chose the people that they chose but the people still on the game board cap thor uh robert downey jr sorry i'm i'm going in between names and like character names but whatever um like those are the people i think that are ultimately going to end up being the big sacrifice and so yes this kind of neuters the stakes a little bit when you know Black Panther just made a billion dollars and like there's no way Chadwick Boseman is gone. But at the same time, I think the characters that are still on the board have very real stakes left. And yes, at the snap of a finger, a lot of this stuff can go back. But I think there are going to be stakes. And I think, unfortunately, the people that you see disappear like that, there there aren't a lot of stakes for them. But I think the people still on the board their stakes for them. So I'm curious what they see. And look, that's, that's pushing to another movie. And that's unfortunate that that's our reality with this series and stuff like that, where I can just basically say, well, we'll see what they do with the sequel. But like, that's kind of the reality of this is we'll see if there are some ultimate stakes that they pull off in the sequel. And I think the names that you are thinking of, the Robert Downey Juniors, those kind of people, they're on the chopping block because they're still on the board. And I think the other people will see what kind of reality exists for them to come, kind of come back on. Here's why I think they chose who they chose and why it wasn't Captain America and Tony Stark and Thor. Even though if you know anything, you know Chris Evans is at the end of his contract Robert Downey Jr. is at the end of his contract. If they killed Cap and Tony Stark in this movie, there's a large portion of the movie going audience. So it'd be like, then why the fuck do I need to go see the next one? Mm. They, they let go people who 
it's going to pull your heartstrings. You don't want to see Spider-Man die. It's shocking to see Black Panther die. It's heartbreaking to see Groot. These are beloved characters. Even maybe it's just me, but man, losing Bucky Barnes was really heartbreaking. Mm, no. And I, I love him. But yeah, I love he's him. He's fine, in the but I just too. like, you know, it's yeah, like divorce moving from on, moving on. No, well, but I was going to say divorce from Cap or or Falcon, which he never got any time with in this movie, really. You know, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, even the people who go, who kind of feel right, like they weren't given the emotional beats in this movie to make their departure, uh, um, make any kind of like impact on me. I wasn't reminded of why I loved them and or loved liked them in the first place. There's also the aspect that if you follow the comics, you know that. Bucky and Sam Wilson are both at some point Captain America. Mm-hmm. So now, now they've been departed in this movie and it's like, well, then what? Because we know that at the very least, Bucky Barnes becomes Captain America when Steve gives up the mantle. And we know that Chris Evans is leaving because his contract is up. So now what? So there's that aspect of it. I also think it's just they picked some people that were going to be kind of shocking. All of the guardians are gone except for rocket. And, yeah. uh, well, I guess she's not a, what's her name? Nebula. Cosmos. Nebula. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But she's, she's on, she's on Titan with Tony and she's not actually completely part of the guardians. She was you know, against them until the end of the last movie. And, and also, you know, there's stakes there. Like she lost her sister and she sort of bonded with this group a little bit. And now they're all gone. It's, with this fucking goateed like jerkwad yeah now yeah. he this, gets this to hang guy. out with her which i mean and again like i just want a whole movie of like they have to hitchhike back to earth and he's yeah, like so, I mean, you're, uh, ship, so i'm guessing that's how they get back because nebula mm-hmm. does have a ship she yeah. she met them there so i forgot about that until i watched it a second time but he dropped a moon on the planet what are the odds that, that ship's okay <laughs> i don't know yeah, um sure. Let's also, I just want to take like a good 30 seconds to to talk about Star-Lord, the worst character in the MCU, just in mm. terms of like being a real annoying sack of shit through two movies and then completely fucking up everything in this movie. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not does, a fan. I wasn't, he, he was the only character that I wasn't like, aw, about when he disappeared. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, he, your, your he screws fragile the masculinity is threatened by Thor, a literal god, you piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, and Spend more then, time like, in the weight he room. knows that they are so close to getting that gauntlet off of Thanos, and he's so angry about what happened to Gamora that he can't listen to any amount of reason from Tony Stark who also never listens to reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Also just like if it, wait, just look, if someone has a gun in their hand and I, they piss me off, but people are wrestling that gun away from them. I'm going to wait until they get the gun away from him or help yeah. them get the gun out. Yeah. Right. Like yeah his th- whole point, I, I, will... I guess at that point in, in their plan was just to be like their hype man. It's just, I don't well, know. he, no, it's no, also, no. they it's couldn't, the they couldn't let them get the gauntlet off of Thanos plot wise well sure. yeah but i mean like that but, just seems i don't know i it's I, like why let I, you get I, that I close say, and then have that stupid of a thing happen yeah it's it's a little weak but i will say like all of the plotting and all of all of that set piece w- worked really fucking well for me mm-hmm. and 
I enjoyed the fact that Thanos is not someone that's just going to run around like beaming shit. Um, I enjoyed like the interplay of everything that's going on on their plan for like during Titan. Um, and like it, I liked that they gave Thanos like kind of a, a spot where you could keep him from utilizing the gauntlet. I thought that was actually pretty cleverly like implemented was just basically like, okay, keep his hand open, quit. Like don't let him close his fist because as soon as he closes his fist, he can start to utilize the actual, you know, weaponage of, of the infinity stones. And so mm-hmm. I thought the way that they played that through that interplay was, was like really clever and really well done. And like the set piece, like, it made sense. I could follow it. The only unfortunate thing is there were too many characters on the board in that particular sequence because at some point, like Nebula just shows up and you're like, where the fuck have you been? Like, like wh- why haven't you been like on the board at this point? Right, and like, she, they she do that again. Just so that she can say, Oh, I guess he killed her. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> she is the one who called after, after Gamora, uh, basically tells Thanos like yeah okay I do know where that stone is mm-hmm. and they leave and Nebula gets herself out of this torture device she calls Mantis and says meet me on type on Titan yes. yes so then she shows up on Titan but like but that's why the Guardians were there too because yeah. she, mm-hmm. she was later than the Guardians there. but um, sure so I guess I don't know like I I just. I can't, and maybe this is just a failure of imagination for me, but I can't imagine walking this movie, seeing that ending and going, well, I guess they're all actually dead now. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you just have to suspend your disbelief because I mean, like I know several people, a, like my girlfriend was pretty distraught. Like, like we were talking about it afterwards and like, you know, she doesn't follow the machinations of the Hollywood machine as, as closely as I do. And, you know, her suspension of disbelief is, is enough to where she's like, shit, we just like lost a lot of those people. Like that's, that's really fucking sad. Then here's the question, Bill, I guess for, for you and other people you may know. And I don't know if Jamie, you, you have any friends who are in a similar situation when this is reversed, which I, I feel like, you know, I would love again, the Avengers, the leftovers to happen, but I doubt it when this is reversed and we get back those characters who may have actually like made people cry, you know, people like, uh, let's say Tom Holland, Spider-Man and, uh, T'Challa slash the Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman. Do you think people are going to be like psyched that we got them back or are they going to be furious that they cared for a year? I think it depends on the type of person because Mm -hmm. I intellectually understand with everything I know about, you know, behind the scenes with these movies and what I know about the comics. I, despite knowing that they're probably going to be back, it still emotionally destroyed me to watch it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think if there there might be people that are mad about it, because like, oh, we went through all of that for nothing, all that pain for nothing. They're just back with another snap of the fingers or whatever. But then there's other people that are going to be really happy, like, oh, thank God. Yeah, because I guess for me, these aren't a story so much as they're a product. So like, yeah, Bill, let me finish. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah. So if a friend comes up to me and says, I have been diagnosed with cancer and I have like three months to live. 
I'm decimated. Now, if I then find out that he was lying about that, I am furious. But if I find out that a doctor misread his like x-rays and he comes back and says, oh my God, the doctor just told me, and here is the note from the doctor that I don't have cancer, I'm fucking overjoyed. So I just feel like with that analogy in mind, when this is all undone, it's going to, the Marvel is going to be the first asshole friend, not the second okay. friend who just well, what you know, if had a bad is, diagnosis. What if it's that, because there are these alternate universes in the comics where um, I was in a group sure. of friends and people were talking about something like, I think it's called Battleborn. Um, I'm not sure if that's right. I, there's all these aspects of the comics I haven't read, but what if it is that, Thanos snaps his fingers. These people disappear from this reality, but they reappeared somewhere else and then are brought back is from yeah, that reality like, to this one. Is that one more satisfying than just a new snap of the fingers and everybody just reappears? I think that just no. brings up questions because Thanos seems super certain that they're going to die. And he now has... But that he knows it. He All he knows is that these stones will give him this ability to wipe out half of the universe. Doesn't mean he... He controls time, space, reality, souls, heart, water, and fire, or whatever it was. I mean, you'd think... By your powers combined. Yeah. he. I I just feel like, at that point, he can control everything. But no one has ever been able to do this before. That is a It's never been done. So he doesn't actually know where they went. All he knows is that he disappeared them. But that doesn't mean they didn't get moved to someplace else. Yeah, okay. Um... And it's the comic book, so it could be any. I think that that just makes the stakes of the storytelling, no matter how high you try to make them, really, like, meaningless and low. And, like, when... Thank you, Michael. Thank you for speaking for the first time in 40 minutes just to agree with me. That's how I wish every podcast went. (laughs) Would you like to expand upon that? Or did I pretty much sum up your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. But the whole idea of like I when I said alternate dimensions jokingly earlier, that literally sounds like the worst case scenario to me. I understand that's something that's happened in comic books. And I understand that is something that is established. But that is not interesting to me or coherent to me as stakes in movies that I've devoted years of my life to. And I understand that my interest is counterproductive to the very idea of the Marvel machine or or not counterproductive. They don't, my interests don't work with how that Marvel machine works. But if what I know is that the next phase and the rest of this phase is going to go into an alternate dimension, unless there is something drastically significantly different about these alternate dimension characters that makes those stakes palpable, I am not going to care about these continual fake outs in the same way that this film did it. Well, like, Michael, in, in the like other dimension, is, pizzas are a square. This is this is how I was oh, also boy. feeling about the end of Last Jedi, which, weirdly enough, I, I think uh, kind of goes through uh, – whatever. It's, Last Jedi has been out a while. Okay. Last Jedi kind of does what this movie does. It just kind of undoes it at the end of the movie. Like there's a very low point in last Jedi where multiple characters we know have died and maybe they're not quite as marquee as the ones who die here, but then it undoes your tongue talking about Admiral Ackbar like that. (laughs) 
okay, you you recognize the parallels that I'm making. No, here. I don't. I literally no, don't. I because don't. Because I don't have a clue. Jedi, yeah. Everyone who's dead is dead, except like Luke could come back as a forced ghost. But like you literally only have 13 people left in the rebellion. And the only way that it slightly undoes that is just by showing us that somewhere out there is a five-year-old who also uses the force. Like, yes, but the the tone reverses itself. That's what I, I'm referring to. But I think, I, I that, think the that the tone okay, I okay, I do the, I do understand what you're saying then, but I think that there is a difference between saying no matter how dark the night, the dawn is always yes. coming and yes. oh, I just killed your mom. And then like a year later saying, "Just joking, I only kidnapped her. Have your mom back." Like that's that's different. Okay. Like this movie ends on a note of hopelessness that I feel in my bones is a lie oh for sure okay like so yeah can can i talk <laughs> uh, um i don't know does jamie want to say something no you guys go <laughs> all right bill you can talk okay so y- you mentioned like that if your friend told you that you had cancer or okay, he had yeah, cancer, cancer. Or, yes i'm i'm correcting myself oh, okay, Fuck. Uh, we're going back to this okay <laughs> well i didn't get to say anything about that i'll jump in um, <laughs> okay. So Bill, right. do you have cancer? Bye again. <laughs> okay. Okay, Bill, um, go ahead. What is your, what is your, so like yeah. the issue there is you suppose that like your friend is doing this and telling you a lie. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like if this is movie making and this is like their story plan and things like that, I don't feel like if they kill people and then bring them back through some other machination that that's necessarily a lie. I don't think you're being lied to. I think that's part of the storyline of like ultimately what they've built up. No, so okay. I, I'll I, like, say I understand what you're saying, Bill, but I feel like if that is the case, then that is the middle of your movie. Sure. Yeah. This yeah. Like, maybe, is maybe, the middle. Maybe. Because oh, there's a second part. Jamie. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, know. you so much for bringing up that. Well, that's the problem is like, first of all, I just feel bad for Ant-Man and the Wasp now. Cause like, what is that movie going to look like following this? That movie is going to take place between civil war and this. So it? yeah, I it believe is. so. That yeah. is yes. insanity. Captain, Why didn't Captain they release Marvel. it first? Because this, this movie was set. That movie was an add to the schedule because Ant Man oh. did well enough to get a sequel. That's and so they they added that into the schedule. It could have been planned a little bit better, but do you think they're uh, gonna have like bumpers at the front and beginning where Ant Man is sitting there like holding Wasp's like helmet and being like, "Man, she turned to leaves right in front of my eyes. We had such good times." And then it's gonna flash uh, back. No, because I believe they're both in the sequel of okay. Avengers. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming back. They're they're going to be in there. But um, and then we also have Captain Marvel, which is set in the nineties. Right, which Um, is that's I guess. Yeah, I I guess. And she's probably. I don't know how that's Jamie. I I don't know how that's going to work because, like, if she's set in the nineties and she's played by Brie Larson in the nineties, and then we jump forward what 20 nearly no, 30 she's, years she's, she's a half alien fucking running gun and flying superhero it doesn't matter think, if she think, ages realistically well, well she's she's like human at first Captain and then America she got frozen in ice yeah okay the, uh, well, the age yeah. thing is really i mean bucky says he's 100 years old in this like yeah. it's the age thing is nebulous 
in these sure. movies. Just say she was near a star that had a different density and is some interstellar oh. nonsense. Is that she becomes the... a, a space superhero, yeah. so I'm sure there are different laws of aging. Once I've accepted the Mike, came was... up. Hold on. Wait, I'm Mike, sorry, Michael. Yes. What were you going to say? Yes, I'm, Mike. I'm just that's, asking. That's the, the Captain Marvel. That's the okay. Captain Marvel symbol. Oh, yeah, the pager? Right. Yes. It, that was the little hint that he... That Nick Fury was calling her, and she's probably going to be instrumental in, I don't know, fixing or reversing. I don't really know what her powers are. Um, I've only read her and a few comics and lover, so I sought out her solo comics. Um, she's, she's powerful, but she is not a cosmic being. It's Adam Warlock who they dropped in The Last Guardians. That's going to be the key character. I'm sorry, his name is what? Adam Warlock is his name. His name um, is Adam Warlock? Yes, I'll, I'll spell it out for you. <laughs> Frontman for the mid-90s screamo slash new metal band? I have no idea what that means. I'm just saying that's a name that sounds like it would be like up there. Oh, with, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a ridiculous name. Um, I mean, but yeah, he's, Why not? he's established at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, he's, oh, the, he's the coffin guy. Yes, he's the coffin guy. And he's the big kind of cosmic being that's maybe possibly able to like stand toe to toe. Like if you read the Infinity War like comic book, once Thanos like wins it gets real funky, real fast, real weird. Like they start talk, like they bring out cosmic beings of like the representation of reality and like all of this other crazy farcical like nonsense. And then like they manage to like talk themselves out of like what they did. So it's going to be real weird to see like they put themselves in a giant fucking corner right now. And I'm curious how they're going to be able to like try and sell this off because they're going to introduce two new characters like Adam Warlock and Captain Marvel. Well, I guess they have a movie to establish Captain Marvel, but like Warlock is not established until guardians of the galaxy too. So I am surprised that you said that. that they put themselves in a corner because I feel like in this moment, they have fucking set the box on fire and walked away from it. And what they the next movie will be doing is trying to put themselves back in that corner. So if it all gets reversed, mm-hmm. if all of these people who turn into ash at the end come back, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed. I'm going to be I mean, I think it depends on the machinations. Right? I get no, right. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed no matter what. Um, oh, okay. But I, I right. feel like because I already believe that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I can't be disappointed. Or maybe I'd be more disappointed. I won't be upset. <laughs> I'll just be disappointed. Isn't that what all of our moms used to say to us? Uh, when we did like the, the yeah, obviously yeah. stupid thing that we said we I weren't going to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, that's it. Like there if I, go. if I thought this was going to happen, and then I went to the next one and they un- undid it. I would be furious. But at this point, yeah, I guess I would just be disappointed. Because I- the only thing that I think would be disappointing to me, because I expect these other people to come back, is Gamora. Because I feel like that death, along mm-hmm. with Loki yeah. and Heimdall, are the ones that don't get reversed. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the people... It would be everything before the finger snap. Yes, yeah. I agree That includes that. Vision. Vision is dead. Yes. Yeah, I think Vision is dead, too, Good. because he was made by because of that stone. Without the stone, he couldn't obviously he couldn't survive. Yeah. 
I think an incarnation of him can survive, but yeah, I think sure I think Tony they do has enough backup somewhere. <laughs> at least of, also, at Vision, least dead. Vision was dead before the snap. Yeah, because he got I his fucking brain anything, ripped out. Yeah, I think anything after the snap is reversible in some way or another. I could honestly say, like, if some of them came back and some of them didn't, I would be okay with that too. Yeah, we we just didn't get their contract signed. Like, sorry. <laughs> But Gamora, her death was that felt like stakes. That, that felt that was, real. And yeah, to on a narrative level, death, that was for the stone. So it has yeah, to exactly. Yeah. It, it, she was sacrificed so that he could get that stone. If she came back, then the stone what just falls off the gauntlet. I don't know. It depends on so so. Let's. I don't want to spend the next forty eight hours talking about like how it could be undone. But if it's a, if it's a, we go back in time to an it, it, era before see, it happened. It would depend on how far back they went. If it's a, we undo his wish. Then, then yeah, she has to stay dead. But my concern would be something like, you know, flash of light, and suddenly we're back on on Asgard before Thor ever even went to Earth, and it's like, whoa, what a strange journey we've had. I feel like I, I just woke up happen. from the weirdest dream. Mm, yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't think that's at all. And and I think that's the issue. You're pointing to it, Brian. That's the issue with like, okay, but they ha- they could get like the time stone back, right? And it's like, okay, but where do you reverse reality to the point where Thanos is no longer a threat? You can't, right? And as Doctor Strange, yeah, kill him as well, a baby. Okay, but like that's not a very compelling like movie, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Watching you know, a bunch of like. I guess how old is Thanos? Like hundreds of years, or is he like a solid forty? Titan Titans are like, I th- I think he's like a a million years or like a billion like like however old the universe is. I think he's he's around that. Interesting. Um, it's it's I was interesting. Say, it'd be funny to watch like a bunch of early '80s superheroes go into space in an attempt to kill an infant. <laughs> Yeah. I would be down for uh, that movie. There, there, there is like an early '80s iteration. Like this is a relatively new iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy in like the comics, and so mm. there is like an '80s version of like the Guardians of the Galaxy. So like you could you can roll back and then have them go out and try and kill them. I don't know. That's fucking. I weird. think it's probably more that they they managed to reverse it back to the moment that he snapped his fingers and also managed to take him down by getting the gauntlet off of him and then killing him in that I don't in that time frame. I'm gonna say I don't think that's gonna happen and then hopefully we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I didn't write the movie. I don't know what happens. I just <laughs> Yeah. I think that they'll have to kill Thanos. I don't think they're gonna reverse it, you know, very far back in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I, I did. I, I, I did write the movie. We are gonna <laughs> reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling it all back um what was i gonna say um i think it i i think that you here here's if i had to hazard a guess you don't go spend that much goddamn time for thor to get a fucking sweet battle axe and then have him throw it once and then fail to murder this guy i think that like what we get is the same thing where he kind of beats the shit out of everyone else and then Thor, because he's a god or something, is able to toss his axe, hit him square in the forehead, and then say, like, this time I did aim for the forehead or the head. 
Or he cuts mm-hmm. off his arm. Like, it's got to be something to do with that axe, right? Because we didn't spend 30 goddamn minutes getting that axe just to have it not work, right? I think I think the axe may be a little bit of a of a red herring we'll we'll see but i'm i'm curious i'm curious to see like y'all are y'all are thinking very peter dinklage y'all are thinking very practically about like what's potentially going to happen and i'm i'm trying to warn y'all like adam warlock and like captain marvel and like a lot of these other like strange fucking things are gonna probably happen in in this next movie and y'all are gonna be like well I guess uh, it's not a battle of like might anymore, and yeah, it's it's gonna. Isn't it just a battle of more might though? Like, I, I it's it's a different kind of might. I still enjoyed the fact that like Thanos is not like beaming people around until like the very end, right? Because like, he needs those stones. I, this is a petty complaint, but I don't understand what those stones like mean. You know, like. I don't know. Like, like reality because stone, it, I guess, kind of makes reality, sense. But, like, the time stone, stone is a portal like that. that just goes to another place. And that feels like it should be, like, the space stone. It just... It... You know, it's, it's not like Captain Planet where Wheeler shoots fire... <laughs> You know, and it's like because right, like, he has the fire ring. It's it's like if Wheeler could suddenly say like, well, you know, fire tempers steel. And so this uh, ring can also make my entire body as hard as metal. And it's like, well, that's not right. Wheeler. This, this is part of my issue with and and it's not anything to do with like their their character beats necessarily because they just didn't have a lot of character beats. But uh, Vision and Wanda, like the, their powers are so like ill defined, like ill defined that that's part of the reason why I just don't have a lot of investment in them, period, because I'm just like, OK, but can they snap their like when Vision is like cut through the chest? I was like, oh, twice well, that shouldn't that shouldn't happen like why is that able to happen and then he's like i don't know why this is happening and i'm like yeah why is yeah, this happening he's like, like they, you're they not snuck up on me, me so fast that i couldn't phase yeah or something and, and i thought, like, like, I thought he scarlet be able... witch was odd too in the sense that like at the beginning of the movie she seems very weak in being able to vend vision and then later on she's just like wrecking shit <laughs> well it also seems it got the a, a major aspect of her powers which is that she can manipulate what people see right she mm. basically can do what the reality stone does in a lot of ways but she wasn't made with the reality stone right she was made with she the tesseract was, she was made with yeah with loki's power which is the stone. that's the power stone yeah. Okay. So it's weird that she has like the little red haze. <laughs> That's and what can they say. Manipulate yes. reality. Well, didn't we see it happen in a? Yeah, in yes. Ultron, she could manipulate reality. Yeah. And, so like, and then in Civil War, they just left that to the wayside, and now it's just that she can move things with right, her she mind, can shoot red stuff. Um, it's it's weird because you'd think like the like it was smart to use Mantis's pre-established "I can make a god go to sleep" type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's good move, you know. But then to not have them go up to to Scarlet Witch and say, "All you got to do is touch this dude on the forehead and make him think that he's in a build a bear for thirty minutes," <laughs> <laughs> or make his make make him think that he's got uh, poison ivy on his hand, so he has to take the gauntlet off. Right. Yeah they they seem to have forgotten that that was an aspect of her powers from that was established in Ultron. 
Right. Almost because they it other than the Sokovia Accords, they seem to want to forget Ultron happened. Yes. That <laughs> yeah, is one hundred percent true. They do walk back a lot of a lot of what happens in Ultron. And and I think that's part of my issue with just those two characters and it's lingering into like okay, now now you put these two characters that are A ill defined and that I don't care about and you're like, Don't you care about these two? And I'm like like, I guess. Remember may, these no? guys that you loved? Remember this yeah. romance that you were fucking yeah. excited about? This this yeah. teenage girl and this 14-day-old robot? <laughs> mm. I literally have no idea how much time takes place between these movies. Um, Two years. Two years. They, they talk about oh, that's it. that's right. She does especially since that. Civil yeah. War, like, Cap and Falcon and um, Black Widow have been sort of hiding out for a few, couple of years. I completely mm-hmm. forgot that Black Widow was on their side. Well, she wasn't. She, oh, that she explains had, it. She turned over to their side when during the airport fight. I just rewatched Civil War. Okay, um, good, during the good airport plan. fight, she realized that Tony was wrong and he was taking things too far. And so she stopped because Black Panther so that they could Captain take the. America. I mean, who isn't in love with Captain America? That beard. Yeah. Chris Evans. I, anyway. All of it. Chris Evans. Just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Love um, that guy. I don't even mean that like I love a hamburger. Like I'm in love with Chris Evans. Great man. <laughs> um, I, what was uh, I going to say? Okay. There's a lot of movie here. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we've been talking for like an hour and a half. Um, we could, we could probably wrap up. Are there any, are there any final thoughts or ideas or statements that anyone wanted to make regarding this movie and what it does and what it bodes for the future? I think it's interesting that, Black Panther is so underutilized in this film. And I know it's it's a lot to say because, you know, they didn't know what kind of success Black Panther was going to ultimately have three months ago. But it is curious that he is very much seems like wasted in this film. Like you're just like he's he's in there for like a blip. And then he's gone and then he's in there for a blip and then he's gone and then he's in there for a blip and then he dies. And you're like, ah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we did actually seem to get a little more of Okoye than T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not and there's Shuri. a great scene. There is not enough Sherry, but there's a great scene with Okoye and Black Widow fighting together. And mm-hmm. then they go and help Wanda. And I just really liked the, as a woman who's watched these movies for the last decade, it's really nice to see the girls just team up and kick some ass. I am. Um... I, because you've now identified yourself in the as a woman thing, I feel safe <laughs> asking this question. Does it bother you when like there is one female henchman or villain so that the girls can fight her? Yeah, I mean, the disparity between genders in most movies bothers me. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more, especially in superhero movies, which I'm a big fan of. I would like to see more. I've been lobbying for a Black Widow movie since she showed up in Iron Man 2 because I, I just love that character and I think Scarlet would be amazing in her own movie. I really loved Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok, which I know you mm-hmm. haven't seen, but she's badass and That's, I want uh, Tessa more of Thompson, her. Right? Yeah. Yes. I have heard about her. She is one of the reasons to see that movie. I'm. She is phenomenal. And yep. I like that they're trying to bring more women into these movies, especially Black Panther did a lot of uh, not course correction, but because it was already established that his Dora Milaje were all women, they had to. 
but mm-hmm. it helped that they made them extremely badass. They gave Denai Garai a really strong role to play around in and brought her into this movie. I would just like to see a few more women show up that are capable because there really aren't enough and it's not it can't just be Black Widow and now Scarlet Witch has been disappeared. And I've never been a huge fan of Scarlet Witch anyway. Yeah, she is Scarlet Witch isn't a great character. I would say underdeveloped, underutilized, and also possibly no one knows what the hell she does. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, it seems in these comics, there aren't a whole lot of really great women to choose from, mm-hmm. which is a, a problem of source material. Do you think there's sure. ever going to be a moment where they just decide to introduce a new character through one of these movies? That would... Hmm. It, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, we, we've talked about Thor and Jamie's mentioned how like in the comics, like people replace certain people to like fill roles. And recently there was a female Thor. And so that was kind of a thing. Um, and so, you know, like I wouldn't mind if Tessa Thompson, like it, it's hard to rewrite that because it would be like, okay, uh, how do we transition someone that isn't necessarily a god into being a god? And, and that's hard. I would assume uh, without that, you, just, know, you can just like, say there's like, oh, she's ascended to. Well, well it, would be, it would be really funny if they got a hold of the reality stone and they kind of reverse some things and Thor ends up turning into a woman. Like it would just be like, oh. Uh, Except oh, well. that in the comics, it's Jane, and she has basically... Is it really? She has been okay. memory yeah. hold. She's been disappeared completely yeah. from we these stories. Get, we gotta get Sif back. Mm. Yeah. Jamie Alexander, stop doing blind spot. Get back Seriously, stop doing blind spot. Um, I, oh, damn it, I thought I had a... Bill, so wait, does that mean that you think that they may one day introduce a totally new character in these movies, or... Uh, I mean, they keep introducing like iterations of these characters. So, like, yeah, I mean, what I mean is, Peter, like, but you I, mean I, like I know, whole I cloth. I mean, like, uh, are they going to introduce like the lightning so. snail I, who becomes like their hottest new I, character? I just, I, I can't see that happening in the current iteration of the MCU. Like a phase, phase five, whatever the hell it is. Um, we'll see. You know, I mean, certainly they have done enough to where they can just like, why wouldn't they? Right. Like, like, honestly, like they've they've done so well. These movies make so much fucking money. They like keep introducing weird shit like, you know, the Guardians, which is like legitimately like a weird comic book like that. Nobody pays attention to. I thought that was going to be such a failure. Yeah, and, and like until I saw, I was like, seriously, a space raccoon and a talking tree, and now those are two of my favorites. <laughs> like, yeah, and Rocky so and like, are great. I they, hate new Groot. They can't do. I'll it. just say it. Oh, teenage can't, Groot yeah. can't stand. I didn't like a baby Groot. I don't like teenage oh, Groot. No. Give me, give me that oh. Groot classic. The, the I, Vin Diesel, <laughs> the real I'm, Vin Diesel. I'm not a huge fan of teenage Groot, but I did like that he still showed that he's Groot in his moments of like helping finish that axe and um i'm a big fan of baby groot though (laughs) not gonna lie i think it's the cutest thing i've ever seen dancing (laughs) i did was not cool with a whole fucking movie involving but i also loved big groot that was the first time i cried in a marvel movie it was when i thought groot died in the first movie well he does 
Like, yeah, he does. Just, this is this is an, a different group. It is a it's different a, group. He reproduced via budding. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yes, possibly. It. I think we're. <laughs> yeah. I would be interested if they randomly introduced like a brand new superhero character in one of these movies, and then just and like, make it make it a fucking woman, please. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. my that, that's kind of why I ask because it's like you know we've got a deep bench of stuff to draw from, but like if we're not getting enough, if we're not getting enough diversity, be it racial, gender, whatever, like at what point do you not say like instead of like Spider Gwen, you know, which is just Spider Man, but it's Gwen Stacy or whatever? What if you just said we're gonna have like uh, a, a this the the silver selkie or something and it's a woman who can change into animals you are so good at like coming up with stuff off the cuff that to see you struggle right now just makes me laugh (laughs) i just my brain has been melted i think that they could do it if they wanted to because then they could transition that instead of transitioning from here's a comic book character to a movie character. It could be a movie character to a comic book character. There's still the possibility of merchandising crossover and whatever. In all honesty, I think it would be, I think it would be a better, this is just me throwing out some good old marketing ideas for Marvel. Um, If you were to create in a movie, a character's first appearance, that would be a, a better way to usher people towards comics because like, Let's say I'm a 12-year-old who saw Spider-Man Homecoming and was like, wow, Spider-Man's really great. I want to go read some Spider-Man. And then I looked it up and saw that there were like 400 different issues across 13 different timelines. That's just overwhelming. But if the silver Selkie walks onto the screen and she's like (laughs) an an Irish woman with the ability to change into animals. And I'm like, wow, she's super cool. And then it's like, by the way, we're starting her story in the comic books now. Then you have a single pure entry point. You know, it is interesting because that's kind of what they've done with Star Wars in a way. You know, they had all this all this established history and all of these, you know, expanded universe novels and Disney bottom. And they were like, um, all of that is maybe not real. And like yeah, we may was, draw from it. That made people and furious. It did, didn't it? But now we have people like Snoke and now we have other characters yeah. and, you know, they're right, like, you just oh, convinced Snoke. me, Bill. This is a terrible like, idea. <laughs> see, uh, you know, and so they have Snoke. characters like Snoke where they're like, OK, if you want to learn more about this character, you could read this novel that we're probably going to publish. You know, I think so. it's just I'll just OK, I'm going to wrap this up by just saying I think it's different because superhero like the star wars universe has always been an interconnected universe whereas superheroes have little standalones and are almost expected to have standalones and these giant crossovers are they're almost working in reverse star wars is a universe that is now spinning off into solo solo movies and (laughs) superheroes are individual people who are now clustering together into these crossover events yeah i agree they're different okay great um we're we're done this whole thing is over. Um, <laughs> Avengers Infinity War is out now. Uh, go check it out if you have a spare nearly three hours, trailers included, to spend on it. Um, yeah, that's that. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us again. You're welcome. I'm sorry that, uh, well, I was going to say, I'm sorry the two of us didn't like it, but Michael barely spoke, so you didn't have to continue <laughs> with him. I, I thought, Brian, I thought like you came off kind of like more more mixed positive than anything i am am mixed positive except when it comes to the ending and what that means like so i can talk about elements of this 
like I'll stand up and say like you know Thanos is a great villain and I loved the the work that they put into making him appear reasonable <laughs> with his very Again. unreasonable proposition and you know that, that just makes me smile man yeah. it really so does <laughs> I'm not I'm not this isn't like a ready player one scenario where I'm like yeah. who wants to watch this movie burn to death <laughs> um anyway so yeah I'm still um, mad about that movie by yeah, the way <laughs> terrible movie um Michael Snydell, are you still alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. still here. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. Um, any final thoughts, Michael? No. Any, any final please? I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of done with these movies. <laughs> All right. So cool. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Film State Show, uh, Facebook, The Film State Show. Go to patreon.com slash Film State Show and give us your money. Um, we are also, of course, brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. Uh, you can get a free 30-day trial of Mubi by going to mubi.com slash Film Stage to cleanse your palate of the uh, superhero nonsense that's flooding our theaters. How long? We don't even have that long until Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. July, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's too soon. so uh, if you are all, you know, filled up to here with uh, superhero films, uh, go to movie, find a nice little independent art house or international film to check out. Go to MUBI.com slash film stage for your free 30 day trial. So that is all for today. Uh, Jamie, once again, thank you for joining us. Let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we talk. Uh, Jamie, you're our guest. Why don't we start with you? I can be found um, doing my show on Lost called The Constant. It's on the Unspoiled Network. You can check out the Unspoiled Network at patreon.com slash unspoiled or on your podcast apps, whatever you choose. There are more than 20 shows, I think, available just for free. And then there's some special exclusive patrons only content if you want to be a patron for as low as a dollar. And I can be found on Twitter at it's Jamie. That's I T S J A I M E or at the constant pod. All right. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cable BFG. You can also find me on the Slack channel. Uh, having a lot of fun on there. Yeah. You know, we plug it a lot, but yeah, it's definitely turned into like a, a full on like message board. <laughs> We're having like deep, deep thoughts too like deep philosophical yesterday things. there was a whole conversation about how to make friends when you grow up yes it's it <laughs> gets interesting dark. out there yeah <laughs> all right michael snydell uh you could find me on twitter at uh what is my twitter tag <laughs> at at snydell uh, michael snydell who has been vocal. broken by a conversation that he barely um, took part in i i promise i'll i'll be back next week i guess i just don't have much to say about this one okay. but uh oh actually you can you know we can plug ourselves brian being the great person that he is uh we have two episodes that are out oh, yeah. by the time you hear this uh one for isle of dogs which i was not available for and one for never <laughs> You were never really here. Yes, so you it got it. was never really a movie. Yes. All right, great. Those are available. So go listen to those. I talk every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, I almost said at Film Stage Show. My personal Twitter is at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, Letterboxd, also the same. And of course, my personal site, dearfilm.net. Then you can find all of us at filmstage.com doing our thing. 
Next week, uh, we'll be talking about something that will probably have less of a budget than this film did. Is totally next week. That I might think be next week. If it goes wide, I think it's going wide, then yes, I believe Tully is next week. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any promises, but it is super probable that for at least one section of that, uh, my wife will be on with us. Ooh. Because I figure we're talking Tully, we should talk to a woman who has had children. Interesting perspective, Brian. Yeah, and it just... Um, but anyway, that's all for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. <laughs>